as I said, I hope this is encouraging, as encouraging for you as it, uh, as it was for me. Let, let's pray. Oh, Father, Lord, we fix our eyes, Lord, now on, on your word and on your majesty and your glory. And Lord, we pray that you would, uh, by your spirit, give us uh, an understanding. Open our eyes and our ears and our minds, Lord, to glean from these pages what it is you would have for us that we might apply it uh, to the day that we live in, uh, October in 2023, Lord, 2,000 plus years after they were spoken. Lord, I pray that you would give me uh, clarity of mind and, and speech and thought this morning to uh, relay to my brothers and sisters what you put on my heart over these past days. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would just bless it and that I would have the unction uh, to preach and liberty uh, to preach this morning. To your glory, I pray. Amen. In John chapter 14, verse 1, again, our Lord is in uh, fellowship with his, with his disciples. He's in a, a time of a seclusion now. There's no more public ministry going on. He is uh, focused inward now on his disciples in, in, in his last hours, days, whatever he has left with them. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. It has been said that there are many ways to Christ, but only one way to the Father. And though there are many religions that claim to know the way to heaven and eternal life or life everlasting, as some call it, my Bible says there is only one way to the Father, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Every religion, be it Mormonism, Catholicism, Islam, Buddha, Jehovah's Witness, pick your flavor, they're all works-based. Do this and get that. Do this and live. Do more good than bad and you'll get in. Pay this much and you'll be assured a place in eternity or at least get out of purgatory. Make this pilgrimage and secure your spot in heaven. It's all dependent on the sinner, on the man doing something to get his way there, to make the way for himself. And the Jews in Jesus' day were no different. They taught that you must keep the law, namely their law, if you want to get in. 
You see, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Then this Jesus fellow comes along and he, and he starts teaching that you must be born again if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it turns the whole Jewish religion on its head. He teaches that you must repent of your sins and believe on the Son of God for everlasting life. And they can't bear it. They can't hear it, let alone adhere to it. Even though their own scriptures foretold of it being this way. As the master told a group of them one time, he said, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have salvation, eternal life. He says, These are they which speak of me, that testify of me. And the evidence of that is standing before our Lord in our text today. These 11 men with troubled hearts, they're confused, they're scared, they're unsure of their own future, let alone what's going to happen to their master. And it is our Lord, the one who is going to be going through the excruciating torment of bearing the wrath of not only the Jews and the Romans, but finally his own father's wrath. And yet it's him who is comforting the disciples. He's comforting these men when he's the one that's going to bear the awful death on the cross. Brother Pink, in his exposition of John, made an amazing statement, or it's actually a word picture, if you will, and I want you to kind of maybe close your eyes and picture this scene. He said, quote, Christ was given to the eleven, affording a manifestation of which has been strikingly likened to the glorious radiance of the setting sun, surrounded with dark clouds and about to plunge into darker which fraught with lightning, thunder, and tempest, weighed on the horizon to receive him. End quote. We've all seen this, right? It's July, summer day, the sun is bright in the sky, and it's hurrying its way off to the west. Only there's a big storm, a thunder cell building in the west, and it's moving east, and we see the sun going. Still got many hours of daylight left. But the storm grows and grows and the sun engulfs that, the clouds engulf the sun. And at 6 p.m., it's dark. The sun went dark before its time. That's what's the picture here that Pink paints. And there's a storm and the lightnings and thunders, but the sun has gone down before its time. And any one of us, any other man, I don't care how macho you think you are, how tough you say you can be, any of us would be sick and troubled in his own mind at what was awaiting him. He would be the one needing the comfort. But here our Lord is doing the consoling and the comforting of these men who are troubled by every, they have every right to be. But we talked about that last time, that he said, let not your heart be troubled. Now here we are at the very least hours and no more than a day or two away from our Lord's arrest and mock trial. And I thought maybe I would just pause a minute here and tell you, you've heard me say now a couple of times that I don't believe that this is the, 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 the night of his betrayal in the upper room. And, and I've actually came across a couple uh 
commentaries this, this last week, that uh, Matthew Henry being one of them, that would agree that this isn't the night of his betrayal. This isn't the upper room. And, and what, what led me to believe that was verse 29 where he says, when Jesus tells uh, Judas, go do what you do quickly, it says, for some thought because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast. Or that he should give something to the poor. And that made me think, well, if they still hadn't purchased the things for the feast, meaning the Passover feast, is this not? So, again, that's just why I'm saying that. It, it, it could be. And, and I'm not here to try to establish a, a solid timeline of what we're doing. I'm trying to, to establish what it is the Lord is telling these men to prepare themselves for. And us, uh, by proxy. But here, these 11 men stand or sit, or whatever they're doing. They're in his presence. They're not thinking clearly. They're not thinking about anyone but themselves. And they are troubled in their hearts. Their master is telling them that he is going away, and they cannot follow, at least not now. They will soon. And he tells them, where I go, you know, and the way you know. He said that in verse 4. Then in verse 5, Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? So many times our Lord had set before these men the joy of heaven, of eternal life. He had taught them the goal is the desired destination is eternity and, and the kingdom in heaven. For three and a half years, he taught this with these men, and he gives them the credit for knowing the way or assumes that they would know it by now. But as I said, they were confused. They were troubled in heart, not thinking clearly. The master is really saying here, I have shown you. The answer is closer to you than you think. Standing before you is what it is. It is not kept from you in a secret place. There is no need to ascend into the heavens or descend into the abyss to obtain it. As Paul says, um, in fact, let's turn with you, keep your hand in John, John there, and turn with me to Romans 10. Paul says it's, it's right there. It's right before you. In verse 6, Romans 10, he says, But the, righteous, the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. It's in your mouth. It's nearer than you think. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if or since I go, I will Come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. He's not saying, see ya, I wouldn't want to be ya, I'm out of here. He's telling them, no, I'm, I'm doing this for you. And Thomas asks what is quite possibly the most important question ever asked, right up there with, how can a man be born again? Or, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. These are important questions. How, 
How can we know the way? Now, I've never been in an African jungle or, or any jungle for that matter. Um, but I can imagine being in a jungle is if you don't know where you're going and you don't have a guide to lead you, the trails all look the same, the trees, the, everything looks the same, and the trails fork, and then you take the right one, and then that one forks. And if you don't know where you're going, it's much like I used to fish the the um, delta down in southern or uh, central California, and you get out there in a boat in that delta, and the, the grass and the tules and everything are higher than you can see, and there's just channels, and then that one splits off. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to get lost. There's no signs. There's no posts. There's, no, there's nothing to show you where to go. Everything looks the same to the untrained eye. Well, to some, every form of religion looks the same. They all promise to be the way of eternal life to heaven. I've told you about the missionary that Lori and I support in South Africa, and he, he started going into these villages years ago, and he would he'd go into these, these churches and these little villages, and these men were standing up, preaching and teaching, using watchtower literature, using a Catholic Bible, using the Book of Mormon, anything that had mention of God, these men were using, trying to run a church. And he would go in and he would gather up all that heresy out of their hands, and give them Bibles, and then he would take these leaders, and he still does to this day. He brings these men in and teaches them for a year how to disciple or how to discern the Bible, how to, to properly exposit, and he, and he gives them what they need to then go back in and pastor these churches properly. He's showing them the way, so to speak. And you and I, because we know the way, should be doing that for those around us. For our neighbors, for our family members who are confused and, and off track at best, we need to be showing them the way. But here we see another of the I am statements from our Lord. He has told us that I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the door to the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. And he said, before Abraham was, I am. And now he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's through Jesus Christ. The way is through Jesus Christ. The way is Jesus Christ. There has never been a prayer answered, but through Jesus Christ. Never a blessing given, but through Christ. Never a sin forgiven, but through Christ. Never a name recorded in the Lamb's book of life, but by Christ. Never a sinner's heart regenerated, but through Christ. And never did a believer enter into glory, but through Christ. I am the way. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the light, the life, the resurrection. I am. He says, I am. You believe in God, believe also in me. I am the way. And still Thomas says, we don't know the way. His Lord says, you know the way. You do know the way. As I said, there are many ways to Christ, 
but only one way to the Father. You see, the way is not a religion. It's not a denomination. It's not a confession. It's not a law. It's not a tradition. It's a person. It's a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you were going, so how can we know the way? Well, he just told them that he was going to prepare a place for them in his father's house. They had to know he was doing that. And as I said, some have said, well, it's going to be a really great place if he's been working on it for 2,000 years. <laughs> I see it as he has already prepared the place for us. Now he's preparing us for the place, I think is what's going on. We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? That's, that's our generation, isn't it? You tell them the way, but they want to try another way. You tell them this is the way to eternal life. But they want any other way but the true way. They want to take a pill for every cure or to cure every ill they have. They want to live their lives the way they want. And then once they have wrung all the enjoyment and fun they possibly can out of this life, they want someone to lead them in a simple prayer and pronounce them saved and in the way to heaven. That's the day we live in. No shame, no guilt, no repentance for their sin. Just tell me what I have to do to assure my spot in heaven. And make sure God isn't there when I get there because I didn't want anything to do with him here. I certainly don't want to have anything to do with him there for eternity. You can tell them that they must cry out to God, ask for mercy, repent of their sins, turn from their idols, forsake the lust of their flesh, fall on a rock before it falls on you, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And they'll say, that's your way. I'm not interested in that way. I don't need to do all that. Can I just walk an aisle, say a prayer, shake the evangelist's hand at the end of the meeting or something? My friends, Jesus isn't just a way. He's not just another way. He is the way. And many will tell you that your way is too narrow and exclusive. It's too hard to do it the way you're talking. But that is what our Lord is saying right here. I am the way, no one comes to the Father but by me. He said it, not me. He didn't make a way, he is the way. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's Christ, not Allah, Christ, not Muhammad, Christ. Not Buddha, not Mary, not Joseph Smith. None other name, as the King James says. None other name given among men by which we must be saved. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he do, who does not believe on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, but by me. Well, surely God will make another way. No one comes to the Father, but by me. Well, surely my sweet old grandma, he wouldn't cast her out. No one 
What if I've done more good than bad? No one comes. If I keep the pilgrimages, no one. Now you can say, and many do, try to come to, the, to this in their own way. Cain was one of them. Remember Cain and Abel, the, the children of Adam and Eve. Somehow, we don't know for sure, but obviously God had written some law on their heart or written something that demanded that they bring a blood sacrifice to worship him. Abel got the memo. He brought a firstling from his flock, probably a, a lamb, and put it on the altar. Well, Cain decided he was going to worship God in his way. And he brought some fruits or vegetables or something out of his garden, and God rebuked him, remember? Without blood, there is no remission of sin. Isaiah said, our righteous deeds, not our good deeds, not our best deeds, but our most righteous deeds are filthy rags before a holy, righteous God. Amen? Now I realize I've made a whole lot out of Christ being the way, but he is also the truth and the life, he says. And these are not separate themes or qualities. They are not mutually exclusive to one another. The way has to be in truth, and it will always produce life. John's gospel started out this way, right? Keep your hand there in 14 and turn with me back to chapter 1 of John. He starts his gospel out. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was what? Life. And the life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then if you drop down to verse 14, he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the truth because he embodies the sup supreme revelation of God. We learn that in our attributes of God study, right? Jesus embodies the supreme revelation of God. Jesus narrates or translates. He declares God to us. If you look at verse 18 there in the same chapter, no one has seen God at any time the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. He declares God to us. Pink says this, quote, Jesus is God's gracious self-disclosure. I like that. His gracious self-disclosure, His Word made flesh, end quote. And what did Paul say? Can the unbeliever make the faithfulness of God without effect or the word of God without effect? Certainly not. Let God be true and every man what? A liar. God cannot be anything but true or truth. We like to say of those who, who come across as having the, that know everything, we like to say, well, what do you, do you have the corner of the market on truth? Well, God has the corner on the market of truth. Man does not. He is the way, the truth, and the life. As Matthew Henry says, quote, He is the beginning, 
the middle and the end. In him we must set out, go on, and finish. End quote. He's the gate that we enter into, the way. And the truth is our guide, so to speak. He guide us along the way, and the life is the end of it. You could say he is the true way of life. If you want to make it a little more succinct. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. But he is the true way of life. You see the difference? Our Lord told Martha when her brother Lazarus died, remember he had, Jesus had delayed a couple days so that he would die. And he shows up and Martha runs out to meet him. Oh, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And, and Jesus says, your brother will live again. He will rise again. She said, oh, I know he'll rise in the last day of the resurrection. And, you know, that is so uh, mistaught when people say Jesus was weeping. Jesus wept. It wasn't because Lazarus died. <laughs> he knew he was going to die. He purposely delayed so that he would die. Jesus was weeping because these people were so intent and infatuated with the death of a man. And here's the life. God standing before them, eternal life in the person of Christ. That's why he wept. But he tells her, remember, he says, Martha, I am the resurrection and what? The life. I am the resurrection and the life. Turn with me one, one more time over to 1 John 5. Right at the end of 1 John, <clears throat> in verse 20. He says, and, that, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. That's, I don't know how you can get any clearer than that. Like Lodi says, I could sit down right now, but I won't. Another way to say it would be only because he is the truth and the life can Jesus be the way for others to come to God. Namely, these 11 disciples at this point in the text. That is the complete answer he gives to Thomas, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me or except through me. Now let's be clear on what Jesus is telling these Jewish men in his presence. He's not saying that he is another way like Judaism. In addition to Judaism, he is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to be clear when we are evangelizing people that we be as adamant about this fact. Christianity is just is not just another religion in the world that will get you to heaven. But it is the only religion that will get you there. As Brother Paul Washer says, you know, we would have a whole lot less problems in the Christian church if we would just say, Jesus is a Savior. Jesus is a God. Jesus is a way. Instead of, Jesus is the God. 
we would have a whole lot less persecution. But he's not merely a savior or a way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm sure you know who Larry King is, right? Everybody know who Larry King was. I don't think he's still alive. but Larry, Queen, Larry King was, they called him the frog because he actually looked like a frog. And he had a kind of a raspy voice, but he had a talk show on TV. And he would always, he would always have guests on. And when he would have, he would have a religious guests on, he might have a, a, a Catholic priest, a Jewish rabbi, an evangelical pastor. And one time he had Billy Graham, he had a, a Catholic priest, and I think it was a rabbi on. And he would always ask, he would get these men on there and he would ask them, so me being a Jew, am I going to heaven? You know, he'd put these guys on the spot. And it's amazing. Billy Graham was sitting there. Every one of them said, well, it's, you know, it's not my place to judge your heart. Um, you know, I don't know. That's, that's between you and God. The only man that ever sat right there on that show and was not afraid to offend him was John MacArthur. John MacArthur said, no, Larry, you won't be going to heaven unless you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's the only one. The others lied to him, not to offend him. That's universalism. That's everybody gets to go in, right? Thomas Akempis is quoted as saying, quote, follow thou me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. I am the way which thou must follow, the truth that thou must believe, the life for which thou must hope. I am the inviolable way, the infallible truth, the never-ending life. I am the straightest way, the sovereign truth, life true, life blessed, life uncreated. End quote. In other words, you can't get there from here apart from Christ. That's an interesting saying. You can't get there from here. <laughs> One time my friend Craig and I, we had uh, got off work Friday night. We left Truckee at about six at night and we were going to drive to Lewis and Idaho to go fishing with my dad. Still had fishing. It was in the fall. And so we drove, we got to about, well, we came right, as soon as we crossed into Idaho there at Parma, whatever that intersection is, the fog in the Treasure Valley was so thick, you couldn't, literally had to have the window down and look at the white line. And so we decided we're just going to, the next motel we see we're going to stay at. Well, somehow we got off where we were supposed to be going. And we ended up, I don't even, to this day, I'm not sure where we were, but we stayed in a motel. We got up the next morning and the fog lifted, but we didn't know where we were. <laughs> so we get in the truck we get a stop at this little mini mart we get some coffee and and craig goes ask the guy how we get there so and it was there was an old pot belly stove and there was an older guy sitting by the pot belly stove and then the younger guy was at the counter so i said hey i said uh, can you tell me how to get back on 95 north we want to get want to go to lewiston and he goes 95 north he looks over the old guy he goes hey he goes how do you get to 95 north from here and the guy goes you can't get there from here 
And he looks at me and he goes, you can't get there from here. I said, all right, thanks. I went out and Craig goes, what'd he say? I said, I don't know where you took us, buddy, but I said, you can't get there from here. <laughs> That's what our Lord is saying. You can't get there from here. He's telling these men and, and he says to all who would try to get to the Father by any other way than the Son. Any other way than the door to the sheepfold. Remember what he said. Anybody who comes into the sheepfold but by me, the door, is a thief and a robber. Our Lord said one time in Matthew 11. In fact, if you want to turn there. Matthew 11:25. He says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. There's that no one again. No one comes to the Father but by me. No one knows the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That's Romans 9. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills, he hardens. And that's not Paul we're talking about there that hardens. It's God. The Father does that. You see, fallen man must come to God as a judge. He cannot come to him as a father unless he comes through the son. Amen? He has to come to him as a judge. All right, let's wrap up. <clears throat> he speaks here in verse 7. He says, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. He speaks here of the Father as the end all, be all. If you would have known me, you would have known my Father also. First of all, that's a rebuke. That's a rebuke. And this is a good place for that word, if. He rebukes them for their dullness and haphazardness in getting to know Christ, Jesus as the Christ. Yes, they knew him as Jesus. They called him Lord. And even as we read today, he professed to be, Peter professed him to be the Christ, the Son of God. But it was apparently only head knowledge, not heart knowledge. And how many people do you know who can quote scripture, have been baptized, go to church each week, have a Jesus loves you bumper sticker on their truck? But they don't know the Father. They don't even know the Lord. They have a head knowledge, but they have no heart knowledge. It's up here. They know it, but it's not here. Remember Job said, I have heard of you. I've heard of you with the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye 
my eye sees. And I abhor myself, he said. I abhor myself now that I've seen you for a few And when trouble comes and when their hearts are troubled, they have no peace in it. The master told the religious leaders of Israel in John 8, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These disciples knew him as Lord, but they did not go on to know God in him. They didn't see God in him. They did not understand the Trinitarian nature of the Godhead. It's hard to say what is more disturbing the willful ignorance of those that are enemies of light, in other words, those who <clears throat> suppress the truth and unrighteousness, or the defects and sloth of the children of light that have had ample opportunity to know but do not. I'm hard-pressed to know which is more disturbing. And I say do not, but maybe I should say will not. They will not apply themselves to the study of Scripture. They will not apply themselves to understand and seek out and search out this God, this amazing God. As I have said before, I will give these men a little grace because we have the book. We know the end. So these guys deserve a little slack, yes? Remember, they were so focused and set on him setting up that earthly kingdom that they could not or would not see that his kingdom was spiritual. He spent the whole first 10, 12 chapters of John trying to get them to look vertical, but all they wanted to do was look horizontal. They couldn't get their eyes off of the, the horizontal, off of the worldly, the physical, to look to the spiritual. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's not of this world. He said, I go and prepare a place for you. He's not strapping on his carpenter bags and going to build houses. It's not what he's talking about here. He's going to prepare a place for us. And it was through that cross that he prepared it. I'll close with this. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Our Lord is giving them a hint here. He's saying, let me tell you, you know him and you see him in as much as you know me and see me. I am he. Remember the woman at the well in John 4. She said, I know that when Messiah comes, he will lead us, tell us all things that we need to know. Said, I that stand before you am he. In the face of Christ, we see the Father. Much like in the face of Brad, I see Larry. When I look at Brad, I see Larry. <clears throat> when I look at Lane, I see Thomas when he was that age. Ruby, I don't know what happened to Ruby Lou. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about that and that curly hair. But. <clears throat> but we must understand that when we look into the face of Christ, we see the Father. And that was to be the great comfort for these men who were troubled in their hearts about what was about to take place, that where their master was going, they would soon follow. Let me leave you with this. 
Philip said, we'll look at this next time, but Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. And that's my prayer as well. It's my prayer for us. Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we do ask that you would draw us near, that you would draw near to us, that you would open our eyes and our understanding, Lord, to, to see the Father in you, to know that you are one, that you did nothing apart from the Father. And Father, we know that you are the end, the end all, and that is the goal be in your presence throughout all eternity. Lord, we pray that you would not only be preparing a place there, but that you would be preparing us for that place, that we would know the way because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.